I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Zombies Ate My Podcast. This is the one and only place for you to tune in for zombie survival preparations. Bob never reads this, but Ryan always does because it's in the notes and he's a Yes, robot. he does. And, and, that's the, and that's what Ryan does. Ryan always reads from the notes. Yeah, you put a teleprompter on. I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, so basically uh, I'm hosting this week. Bob is out. He had some work conflicts come up. But I am joined by Sir Busy Zombie Lord Lou Page. How are you doing, man? Not too bad. It's good. Sorry I missed last week. Hey, you know what? It happens. Uh, I'm I'm doing, and by I'm, I mean us as the Zam crew are doing our darndest to make sure that we are doing a weekly show to cover The Walking Dead because it's a big deal. Walking yeah, and ju- and and just so listeners know, um, I was not here last week because I'm in the process of moving, and mm-hmm. I did not have a computer that was up and running last week. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what? It's fine. Uh, and, and this is the thing I keep saying to um, to the co-hosts, uh, uh, both Bob and Lou, and myself as well, when it comes to this podcast. Stuff, life comes first. Things come up. I'm sure there will be something for me that'll that, that usually it's like work stuff or other commitments that that block me recording. And, and you guys do a fantastic job, two man in it. And uh, I think last week was a good episode, and this week's going to be a great episode because we've got lots to talk about. Uh, yes, we do. And uh, it's all zombie related content. It's going to be fun. Let's kick it off with the news. Has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. Kirkman, Robert Kirkman, guy behind The Walking Dead, uh, he has some comments on a popular Fear the Walking Dead slash The Walking Dead crossover theory. I hadn't actually put this together until I read this article, Lou. Is this something you've thought about? Um. I've thought for a while at some point that there might be a crossover, at least with the with the TV shows. But this is hinted that there might be mention or crossover in the comics. But it would be really hard to do that because I believe AMC owns the rights to Fear the Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. So any character that's mentioned there would need to have prior approval from AMC. And I don't know how I, I don't I don't know if that's something they'll be able to do. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think it's interesting because the connection they're making is that the the characters in Fear the Walking Dead have kind of got the zombie makeup down pat, and that's something that the Whispers are doing currently in the comic books. So mm-hmm. that connection is, is is pretty solid when you think about it, because it's like this group is is starting to use it in a fashion that was even getting a little culty at a certain point. Um, So that I wouldn't make a giant leap. And honestly, when I first read this article, I was thinking like, huh, wouldn't it be more interesting if it was just a crossover on the TV shows? Uh, And then you get away from that whole AMC legal battle because they own both. And maybe there's a character in Fear the Walking Dead that eventually shows up in the Whisper Wars 
uh, content in in The Walking Dead Prime. So that would be that would be more interesting to me. And and I know it's because I'm biased. I don't read the comics, so I don't. It, wasn't there not like a, a Daryl thing that was going to come up? He was going to cross over to the comics. That never happened either, did it? As far as I know, it didn't. I know that there was they've, they've hinted that he was going to make appearances, and then I believe he never has. Hmm. Yeah. Well, he's ours, and uh, we're going to talk more about Daryl later. But first, yes, we are. Let's talk about Canadian schools using zombies to teach, and uh, not in the you're way we've talked to about explain, in the past. You're going to have to explain this to me, Ryan. You're sure. going to have to explain this to me. So Canada has schools, and uh, it looks like they're using zombies to encourage children to sort of, you know, g- get back into their studies. Uh, it's uh, So it says uh, here, it's a Saskatchewan school. Grade 6 teacher is one of the teachers who put a lot of work into making sure uh, his students were engaged, learning, and also having fun. Uh, we started our day normally with language arts, and all of a sudden I have an alarm go off on my phone. I said, stop everything you're doing. A zombie apocalypse has started, and we start playing uh, some fake radio broadcasts. So it sounds like he's just using the zombie mechanics to encourage the kids to pay more attention to, like, all right, we need to solve this math problem, or the zombies eat little Timmy over here. And, I mean, everyone loves Timmy, right? So you don't want the zombies to eat him. Uh, but in all seriousness, this sounds like it's... It's less it's, of the zombies we know and love and more just, ooh, apocalypse scenario. It's clever and it's interesting. Uh, I think if it was done here in the United States, there might be protests. <laughs> well, yeah. I I, I think it's, it's interesting because I feel like here in Canada, I can only speak for Canada, when it comes to education, we try to – it's rewarded when you go outside the norm – as long as you're not, you know, disrespecting the subject right. material. So you would never do something like this in a religion class or a history class. But you right. might do it in a math or an art class or something. Uh, it might even be it might even be a good reference point for a history class. It might be, yeah. I mean, that's probably depending on the history you're doing. But yeah, like I think you're right. Like something like that. Um, it's it's an interesting mechanic and and honestly falls in line with a lot of the content we've seen in the past from like the CDC and other type of those organizations using zombies yeah, I, to teach. Yeah, I I, I I have to give Canadian schools uh, credit or Canadian people credit in general. You you you've used zombies to teach people how to do CPR. Um, you've used zombies. You're using zombies in the school district now to teach kids math and science yeah. like we don't do that here <laughs> well it's it's just uh, honestly there's a lot of creative teachers out there and i think they're rewarded when they go above and beyond and uh it's it's just nice to see something like this like a positive use of zombies and and importing it into something that's very important which is educating our uh, our, our the future generation right um right but uh, speaking of educating our future generation, let's talk about a Walking Dead arcade shooter. Uh, you threw this in here. It looks uh, the screenshots make it look atrocious, uh, but it, but when you mentioned it was an arcade game, it has it kind of fits. Yeah, no. Um, if you're familiar with, um, I guess the biggest one would be the Terminator Salvation arcade game. Uh, it, it's basically a light gun game 
it, where you're fighting the Terminators from Terminator, the Terminator Salvation movie. Well, apparently the team that done that did that ha- is now working on a uh, arcade shooter based in the Walking Dead universe, and it has mounted crossbow guns that you use crossbows to take out the zombies and it looks like the only way to kill a zombie in the game is going to be with a headshot and then it looks like there's various segments where you pick up a melee weapon that you need to use to fight off the zombies it looks like it could be interesting um uh, unfortunately a lot of these newer arcade machines are really expensive so i really wouldn't expect to see this in you know all over the place but uh, i think it's a clever neat idea so yeah, do you uh do you feel like where do these where do these arcade machines usually pop up? Like that's a good question. Like you I don't think I've ever seen an arcade like, whoa, we've announced a new arcade machine and I've never seen it. You know? Um where are these things are, going? There are there are several arcades across the country. Um I know near me in the summertime there is an arcade um, in Old Orchard Beach mm. that sets up for the summer. And they've had whatever's new, at least one of the new arcade machines. I think they rent them for the summer. I don't think it's something that they buy. I think they rent it. Um, and there's other arcades that are a couple, of, uh, like an hour or two away from me. So there are still arcades out there. There's just few and far between. Um I just find it interesting that there there is a market for the for these. Um, the hard part is is that this is made by a really smaller company, and a lot of their games. I'll be honest, the Terminator Salvation game sucks. It's mm-hmm. not good. So, but this looks interesting. It's definitely something. If I was in a shopping mall and saw it, I would definitely try it. You know what I mean? But. Yeah, I, I agree. Like, definitely, if I saw it, I would try it. And, you know, it might pop up. I, I think that uh, they wouldn't make it if they didn't think it was going to sell some copies. So, uh, you know, good on it. To, man, Walking Dead is everywhere, even the arcades. So that, And the other thing, too, is, is the market for these isn't always the United States either. Um, I know that Japan has, still has a large arcade community. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw this in Japan. Yeah, that's a good point. Is Japan, they're into zombies, but are they into Walking Dead? I wouldn't be surprised. Everybody okay. else seems to be. It's true. It's all the rage. Uh, well, that's going to do it for the news. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. Let's move into uh, our next segment. It's true. Ryan Goes to the Movies is back, and uh, it's starting to get pretty grueling. Uh, we're doing the Extra Life Resident Evil movie marathon uh, watching, I don't know what you want to call it, torture. The first one, positive. Very good movie. I enjoyed it. I was happy to go back to it. And now I remember how they sort of dip in quality. You know, we watch, I, I watched Resident Evil Apocalypse uh, on the weekend. I'm sorry. You know... Um, I, the first, I watched it in chunks. I watched the first hour and then I took a break. I can't remember why. And then I came back to it. Uh, and I gotta say the first hour, good movie, pretty good movie. You know, there's stuff that's happening in it. That's really interesting. It falls right in line with like Resident Evil two slash three. 
for me, the moment it breaks its its whole scenario is there's a segment where, for some reason, they're on their way to a building to get something or rescue somebody, and they have to walk through a cemetery. And all of a sudden, these skeleton-like zombie things climb up out mm-hmm. of the out of the dirt. And for me, I was enjoying the film until that very second. Second, and as soon as that happened, I went, "Well, this doesn't even make sense to the plot." Like, legitimately, the T virus was is 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 not going to infect infect corpses that are already in the ground of already dead people that are almost skeletons it doesn't work that way right why why is this happening well their brains would have been decomposed at that point i mean like we can get into the semantics but really the best defense against that scene or the best offense against that scene is basically like the t-virus it's it's been it's gone airborne is that the case i thought it spread just by the zombies escaping from the hive i thought that was the case at some point, I believe it is airborne, but it's... But then wouldn't everybody explain, be infected? They explain it as like, oh yeah, it was airborne in an area, and it's been contained or something. It's really stupid. This movie is terrible. Yeah, yeah. so basically, after the first hour, you get, you're introduced to the pimp character, who's terrible... Uh, the actor's not funny. He's like trying to be funny, and it's not even like good humor. It's cheap humor. Like, break a pimp off now, man. And and it's awful too because he he doesn't he have two golden uh, pistols that he pulls out and starts shooting at people with golden guns. He does. Yeah, he has two golden guns. And and I my understanding is that uh, he's back in the third one and he serves more of a serious character. Yes. While still being, you know, comedic, but more serious than he is in this one. You kind of get a glimpse of that at the end of the movie. But um, yeah, once once that hour mark hit, they started to introduce Nemesis, like activate the Nemesis program. And um, the effects are okay, but what it turns out to be is just like a big dude walking around with a plastic prosthetic, uh, you know, on his shoulders. And it just looks awkward and funky and just uh i don't know it starts to fall apart at that point and they get away from the resident evil we know and love and go into this whole alice thing and you know they face off and it's not even an exciting fight they just kind of like slap each other until she says something that convinces them to turn good for a bit because Uh, they explain it's also terrible that they explain the nemesis as it's that guy from the first one that we couldn't get back and we he's what's nemesis yeah put him in the nemesis program i mean uh the action's solid like i think alice as an action character is really cool the moment where she sort of takes out the liquors in the church is probably my favorite scene in the movie and almost redeems the whole thing like if you think about that scene it's really good uh I'm not a huge fan of Jill Valentine. And again, my understanding is she comes back later on in the films. Um, yeah, I believe she's not even in the second one. I think she shows, I mean, the third one. I think she shows up again in the fourth one. Yeah, so in this one, she's like, I don't know why they decided to dress her up like that. Like, she's a cop uh, uh, off duty or she's on leave and she's wearing like this really high skirt. 
and a really low tank top. Uh, and I'm just like, who dresses like that? Like a cop wouldn't dress like that. No. Or is she I, I like undercover or I think it I think it's borrowed from Res, uh Resident Evil three. I believe she wears a similar outfit in that game. That's what I thought, right? I thought she was she did dress like that and it was kinda like straight out of the video games, but in the movie it just seems silly. Unless she was you know, that typical cop trope of the female cop is uh, the undercover uh street person so uh, yeah uh, i don't think that I'm was the look, case i'm looking at it here now and apparently after uh apocalypse there's like two movies she's not in and then she's in afterlife and retribution yeah i went on a deep dive to see what characters come back because i haven't seen anything past three uh and there's some pretty crazy uh returns from old movies but this one in particular it just it goes off the rails near the end, but the first hour is really good. And you, if you want to see Resident Evil 2, 3 made into a movie, actually probably just, if you want to see Resident Evil 2 made into a movie, that first hour is really solid. And and I I will defend it. I, I think the first hour is really good. And just stop watching it. Like, just stop. Because I, I, I wouldn't say the first hour. I would say, like, the first... 40 minutes is okay sure like it could be the first 40 minutes it could be the first half hour but the beginning of the movie is actually really cool and i think once they start to put more focus on nemesis it just becomes like oh this is really bad guys uh and if it if it's any consolation uh the director who did this has not done anything else I mean, it's not a consolation because I want the poor guy to get some work, but um, no, he's he's normally a second unit director, right? Uh, or a director of photography on other films, and he's done a lot of stuff in that. That's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. hold on, looking at it now. Cool. Uh, he was he he helped with American Gangster, Casino Royale, um, Hannibal, Gladiator, like. He's worked on great stuff. Uh, I just don't think he's a good regular director. Yeah, and there's something about the the cinematic style chosen where when the zombies were on screen, they would move like slow-mo streaked. Uh, and I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I couldn't watch this movie and not mention on the show, you know, being Canadian. Filmed in Toronto. A lot of scenes that you'll see. There's actually uh, during the car rollover scene with... Uh, sherry or the little girl basically uh you see a split screen second of the cn tower which i thought was cool uh and uh there's a couple more like toronto icons uh down the road that you you notice they they nuke uh they nuke toronto basically it's kind of (laughs) interesting in that aspect of course they do because no other city in america looks like raccoon city yeah well it's either toronto or vancouver take your battles here i guess but uh, no, I, I I enjoyed parts of the film. The ending, uh, setting up sort of the Alice clone. So she's dead, right? She died, and they cloned her. Is that what? Th- that's the new Alice that woke up. I have no idea. <laughs> you don't know. Okay. Well, I guess we'll these find out next make, week. These, these movies make no sense because I know that uh, the third one takes place in a post-apocalyptic desert future Mad Max style. Yeah, what the fuck? How how does that work? You know, and then and how then, do they go back? And then I believe, and then I believe the next one is like Afterlife, 
and she wakes up from a dream and finds out that it was all fake and that it was like a reenactment inside a computer or something. No. And then the, the, yes. No, it's not. No. You're you're telling me that extinction is a dream sequence. Uh, it's either extinction or afterlife. They, they they find out that either one or two of the previous movies was 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 a program. God. All right. Well, folks, strap in. Uh, <laughs> Ryan goes to the movies. Returns next week with Resident Evil: Extinction, which sounds like a waste of time for multiple reasons. If they like retcon it for a dream sequence. Uh-huh. Uh but uh yeah anyways that's Resident Evil Apocalypse I recommend watching the first 30 minutes if you're in Canada it's streaming on Show Me if you're in the States it's probably streaming on a bunch of stuff cuz No it's not really? none of them are streaming in the United States Oh okay well then I guess go Canada except they're shutting down Show Me so I can't do anything about that Uh okay let's move into the big topic uh the Walking the Dead The big topic The big topic Zombie Topic of the Week. First off, before we get into the newest episode, Episode 3, The Cell, I want to know, Lou, what you thought about The Kingdom. Because you were here last week, and I want to hear your take. The the Kingdom is awesome, and I have a new favorite character. Ezekiel is the man. Uh, At at every turn, every time Ezekiel did or said anything, I was like, he's my new favorite character. Screw Rick. Ezekiel can run the show. Yeah, Ezekiel is definitely the the greatest new character added in season seven, and I'm I'm I like Negan. You know, I think he's very. Uh, I he's, think Negan's boring. Well, I love I just love his mannerisms. I he he as a character. Now, mind you, I'm talking about Negan episode one, where he had stuff to do. In in episode three, he was very much a side character. Uh, in episode two, he was non-existent, but um, I agree with you. Ezekiel is a fantastic character, and I was really hoping that they would bring down the shroud at the end of the episode, like you know, bring down the shroud of who this guy really is, and they do it in that episode, and it's just so. Fitting. They do it, and and they do it in the way they do it. It's amazing, because yeah. the whole episode, it's like it's like he never breaks character. He talks like a king. He talks like it's medieval fantasy. He talks about the world like you know. And you're thinking either this guy is delusional, and they've all decided to follow a guy with delusions, or there's something else here. And he tells his story, and he breaks his character. And for a second, you see the real Ezekiel. And you're like, no, he's just a dude. Mm-hmm. And he's a zookeeper. It, yeah, he's a zookeeper. And it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really well done. And they easily could have pulled an AMC and, like, stretched that reveal out to another episode. Uh, like they've been doing on a, a lot of different things this season where they've now... Well, I, th- I think they had to make that reveal mm-hmm. because I think... Uh, uh, viewers would be confused by his 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 dialogue and comment because it, it, it's so drastically different from everything else in the show right. that when he doesn't when he refers to himself as a king for a second you're like wait a minute wait a minute and then he talks like he's a it, it, like he's an Arthur, a Thurian legend and you're like this is weird 
and everyone's know how playing I feel along, about right? This. Yeah, and everybody plays along with it, and you're like, are they playing along, or is this a real thing? And it's a real thing, but you realize that part of it is an act, you know? And it's still really cool, and he's a really interesting character, and he's got a tiger. How can he not be my favorite character? Yeah. Yeah, he's he's really awesome. And the the crappy part is about that episode is and the way they've structured season seven is we're not gonna go back to the kingdom for another couple weeks. Excuse me. Um we're not getting it next week. Uh we didn't get it this week, uh and we probably won't get it until we'll get it again before the mid season finale, but it's just I think we get it in season in episode five. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, definitely. Um so uh, the new episode, The Cell, focused on what Daryl's going through uh, and uh, heavily featured Dwight and some sprinkling of Negan and his, his saviors. Uh, I This uh, it was another one of those episodes where it's like, why am I watching this on a Sunday night? Like why I could probably be doing other things that so- don't stress me out. Like. So my my issue with the whole episode is, A, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Um, B, there is n- really no development. It's supposed to explain to you why these people follow Negan. I mean, I think that's the dynamic. And it's also supposed to introduce you to Dwight as a character and maybe make you seem sympathetic to him. Mm-hmm. I. I, I and in all actuality, it doesn't do any of that. Everything in this episode fell flat for me. Um, the fact that Negan basically forces them all by, like, one man makes everybody intimidated. It doesn't make sense. But you're you starting know? to get, you're starting to, so I wasn't technically bored. I was more just. Um, it was watching one of our favorite characters be put through a terrible thing and knowing that there's no way out. It was kind of like, I feel trapped just like, just like Daryl. And I, and I, I kind of like boring's kind of strong, but I kind of see where you're coming from because it was like, there was no progression except for a couple of key moments with some background story on Dwight and, uh, the background story for Dwight, like we didn't know what happened between seeing him for the first time interacting with Daryl and him showing up with a burned face. Like we don't actually know. Technically, we don't actually know what what went down, and we we start to get an idea of what went down in this episode when Negan explains in the best way possible why Dwight is where he is and why Dwight's ex-wife is now Negan's property. Uh, it's just, it's kind of, it's kind of gross and sort of starts to show more about what Negan has done to keep these people under his, under his boot, right? Right. It does, it does that. But I think Negan as a character at this point has shown himself to be so deplorable. It's hard to believe that he can keep his group of survivors as organized as they are. Um, if what he's done to... Dwight has made Dwight in line, put Dwight in line. I don't know about you, but the first thing I would do as soon as Negan lets his guards down is kill him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if he breaks, if you break up, you can only break a person for just so much, so long, 
and then once they're broken, it, he, he can't permanently put all of the survivors. They can't all uh, saviors. They can't all be like PT. Uh, what's the term? PTSD. Um, it's PTSD, but there's also a term where you, f- you where you fall for your captor and you do all that they. Oh, they, they, Stockholm they, syndrome. They, Stockholm syndrome. You he they can't all have Stockholm syndrome. You know what I mean? No, like I, Dwight's, yeah. D- Dwight's story can't be, um, can't be the only one that go to, goes that route. You know what I mean? Like, there's so many of them. He has an army that, along the way, there has to be at least a dozen of them that are in the same situation Dwight is in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I understand Negan as a character, but I think he's boring. Yeah, I mean, he's so villainous that you go, nobody would follow him. Well, no, I mean, I I see where you're coming from, but this is The Walking Dead we're talking about, where there are evil people around every corner. And I feel like not all of Negan's people are are sort of being forced to work for him. Most of them are probably just bad dudes that he's said like, yeah, hey, you want to throw shit around and make people suffer? You're now one of my guys. And I, I think Dwight is just an example of someone he, he is bringing up on the ranks slowly after earning some points. But I, I, I understand that, but you're, we're introduced into, the, into the, the episode later of another character, a guy who got away, and he, Dwight has to go and hunt him down, mm-hmm. you know, and bring him back. And that whole scenario just falls flat for me because Dwight doesn't care. And from what I'm ga- I'm gathering from this episode is that Dwight is going to make a turnaround later in this season. And what I saw in this episode makes me feel like he's going to do the the the, the stereotypical heel turn on Deegan. I, you know? I, I think that's that's definitely what they're setting up. But I, I, I don't agree. Like I think Dwight is off going on these quests. Like, I'm not saying they set it up properly or or whatever, but I understand why Dwight is doing what he's doing. He's doing it so he can protect Sherry, his wife, that he still very much cares for. And that was the story behind what what happened with Sherry. So basically, when Negan explains to Daryl why Sherry is now Negan's wife is because when they came back, uh, they they had stolen all the medicine, so they brought the medicine back, Tina's dead, which is Sherry's sister. Uh, Sherry basically says he was going to give the bat to Dwight, and Sherry says, "No, don't give the bat to Dwight. I'll do anything. You'll marry me. Perfect. Solve." But Dwight still needs to get, you know, punished, so he gets the iron. So I think they're continuously doing these things to gain points so they live. And that was that right. conversation they have in the hallway. It's like, "Are you happy?" It's like, "Is he treating you well?" Yeah, it's all right. And then she says to him, like. Are you happy? It's like, we're alive. And that's sort of the theme of the episode is that they're doing different things, terrible things, to survive. And they right. feel like that's but, the only way. But the thing is, is th- their story can't be the only one that way. If if we don't start to see the breakdown of the saviors by mid-season, uh, this season's going to get bored really fast. Well, and that's the thing, right? I, I think that we're already starting to see that because 
I don't think we are. I don't think we are because we're only seeing it with Dwight. Was there not a specific mention of, uh, was it, maybe it was Gordon who was talking to the guy he went to, to pick up. I don't know why I call him Gordon. It's not Gordon, is it? Oh, it is Gordon. Um, they mentioned like sort of rising up, like, can't we just take him out kind of thing? Or am I thinking of something different? No, he says the exact same thing that I'm thinking, which was kind of like the highlight of the episode for me is the guy Dwight catches says what you're doing won't last. Negan can't stay in power. uh, It's only a matter of time before someone kills him kind of thing. And Dwight goes, shut up and do what I tell you. Or I'll go back and I'll kill your wife. I'll kill your kids. I'll and I'll do all. And he says all this horrible stuff. And you're like, yeah. I, I even if you make it turn a turn to the light side here, Dwight. I really don't care. And I hope you die before the season's out. Yeah, I felt like when he was saying those things to Gordon, like he really didn't mean it. But then he's being so terrible to Daryl. And that's the other thing. Like I don't understand the shift uh, from Dwight, where he's just despises daryl i don't get it um you know i don't really understand and now i've heard some people say it's because he's jealous of the way negan is treating daryl but i don't buy that as a solid answer i i think this episode was was messy uh i think i think dwight resents daryl because the only reason he got caught is because they tried to rob daryl rather than work with him Oh, I see. Yeah, maybe. and I think he real. I think he realizes at this point that if he had tried to work with Daryl, he might not be in the situation he's in. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, but and I, so I, inst- instead, he's punishing Daryl because he knows it was his screw up. Yeah, meaning Dwight's screw up. Yeah, but I, I mean, I felt like this episode was a good peer into the Saviors or the Sanctuary, right? Like it, it gave us an idea of how that area has been set up and and you kind of see Negan's like room, which is set up with it, like a TV and a bed and a sink and a little kitchen. It's, it's interesting. I, and I think it's really cool to see the behind the scenes of, of these locations, because if, you know, besides Woodbury, we never really got a look at the bad guys area. Right. Not that we've really needed to. Like, Terminus lasted, like, all of, like, one episode, right? We didn't really get to to experience the backstory behind that locale. No, but you gather from Terminus what happened is uh, the, the cannibals, when they have uh, Bob, they they tell you what happened. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they say that they set it up originally to get people to go there so that they could be free. And that along the way, a group of terrible people came along, raped and killed and murdered a bunch of them. And so they decided that that's the way the world works. And so they just continued to do that. And hence we get cannibals. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and I get that that The Walking Dead is like, you know, one villain after another. But there's other conflicts, and I just I feel like I I loved Negan in the first episode. I thought he was interesting. Um, his speech uh, was was fantastic, uh, and all of that. But I feel as a character now, he's beginning to feel extremely one note to me. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He's, he's beginning to feel very two-dimensional. I think next week's episode is going to help with that. I think we're going to we're going to peer more into what Negan's actually for, which is intimidation of these groups. Um, and uh, we're going to get that in spades uh, with a 90-minute episode, uh, which is interesting. So the ending, the conclusion of this episode that I wanted to highlight, which I thought was really good, is where, you know, Daryl has escaped. He's being punished. He's And, and both Sherry and Daryl or Dwight are saying to Daryl, like, you need to take this deal. Like, you're being offered a, a way out, and you're not taking it. And And Daryl basically says, like, I understand why you took the deal because you did it for someone. And Daryl doesn't have anyone because earlier on in the episode, they grossly tape Glenn's, you know, now we kind of understand why that gross dude's taking pictures because they take the Polaroid of Glenn's disfigured body and put it in his cell and make him eat dog food sandwiches, which is gross when you think about it. Like, and, and and the other thing that make you realize what an awful character Dwight is is that he is eating a regular sandwich in the beginning of the episode and it shows you where he got all the stuff to make his sandwich Mm -hmm. and it's like everything he got to make his sandwich he did something awful to do to get exactly and 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 you're like and I and then by the end of the episode they try to make you feel like he's a redeemable character and I go even if he is redeemable, I hope someone shoots him in the face because I really just don't care. I don't find his character interesting. Uh, I don't find his dilemma interesting. Um, I think it would have been a far more interesting, uh, far more interesting uh, storyline to have him and Daryl in the same room and him telling the story about why Dwight is in the situation he's in and then Dwight tried to kill Negan. I think that would have been a far more interesting interesting dynamic. I don't think they're going to cast Dwight aside that quickly. You know, him trying to go after Negan pretty quickly would probably skip to the end of the season. I don't think you see that type of stuff until until late next season or late this season. So... And I know you don't want to hear that, and I know you want you want to see this thing move quickly, but AMC has never moved quickly unless they're rubbing up against the season finale, and we are like, we are only into the first quarter of this season, so they're going to take their time. And uh, I mean, I could be wrong, but this show rarely surprises me on on the whole pacing thing. They like to. Nope. I know they're going to drag it out, but I think it would have been far more interesting for Dwight to have not just stood there and take it, but done or said something. Yeah, you he just sort I mean? of like, he just accepts it. He just stands there and listens like, yep, this is the new reality. I get to live and he gets to, you know, like disrespect me every once in a while. Like, this is this is awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, I I like I like the episode. I never want to hear that cheesy uh song easy street ever again and i'm sure neither does daryl uh i thought that was an interesting choice for for a torture song um yeah but i don't think they did a very good job of explaining that that's what was going on the first few times that the song played i thought it was to emphasize to us that he was being locked in a cell i didn't realize they never show a speaker so it took until like the fourth time I heard the song to realize that, oh, they are playing the song in there for him. Like they didn't do a good job of making that clear to me. Yeah. 
No, I, I think you're right. Um, it was it was sort of off-putting, and the only reason I kind of know about it is because of the whole like Zero Dark Thirty stuff they were doing with with uh, in that in that movie with the torture and the whatnots. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, okay episode, not as great as the first two, uh, but sort of in line with the first one, where it's just it's like a lot of just very uneasy stuff happening and just like not. And I know it's The Walking Dead. We have to kind of expect uneasiness. But last week's episodes was such a refreshing change yeah. of pace uh, to snap back to the whole Negan thing this brutally so quickly. It's not brutal. It's just sort of like mind games type bullshit. Uh, and I know it gets worse. Uh, Lou has fallen down a <laughs> some stairs. Are you okay? No, it, 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 it's it's the it's the cat in the uh, the. Uh, the the place I am. He just found something and knocked something down and scared himself and ran away. <laughs> it sounded like you were, you were walking and podcasting and you took a wrong step. Uh, so uh, let's wrap the Walking Dead up here. So you are you you're looking forward to next week's episode? Uh, I'm looking I'm looking forward to next week's episode. But the way I watch it is on Amazon, so I don't get to see clips of next week's episode. So I have no idea what I'm in for next week. But I would like to see us get back to Rick. And them. And I think that if they don't do that next week, I'm going to be really bored. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it'll, I think it'll be an interesting episode because I think that we're going to be seeing more of Negan alongside Rick again and getting to, to, and this is based on the preview, getting to see sort of, um, the fallout from, uh, from the first episode. So, and maybe find out how Maggie's doing. Cause we haven't, haven't really explored that. Um, that's going to do it for The Walking Dead. Uh, since we don't have a full crew, we're going to skip uh, these uh, listener feedback segments. But uh, I did want to thank the patrons over at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. Just $4 away from our next stretch goal, which is video game streams for all the patrons, a monthly video game stream. Now you folks might be wondering, we did promise a video game stream of zombies on a plane at some point. That's still being planned. Just trying to get all together and we'll figure that out. My hope is to do it before November ends. That's the goal. So look forward to that. Everyone has their copy. Everyone's ready to go. It'll be a fantastic time. Uh, we're on Alpha Geek Channel 3. You can catch us on the archives or live when we record live. Uh, that happens every once in a while. But uh, Lou, why don't you go through these links and stuff and let people know where they can find us. Sure. Um, you can find us at zombiesatemypodcast.com. If you want to email the show and tell us what you think of uh, Daryl in a cell all week, uh, you can hit us up at info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can find us on Twitter at zombiespodcast. And you can like our Facebook group uh, on facebook.com zombiesatemypodcast. Uh as for trying to get a hold of any of us hosts, you can find Ryan on Twitter as at R. Murphy, myself at Busy Zombie Lord, and Bob is at Bobard F. Uh, and I should also ta- say, uh, if you like our artwork, you should check out Joel Duggan's uh, at Joel Duggan at JoelDuggan.com uh, for the artwork. Uh, he does do commissions, so if you like our artwork, maybe you can get him to do yours. Sure, yeah. If you have a podcast, need some podcast art, that's what we did. And uh, highly recommend at joelduggan.com. 
that's going to do it for Zombies Ate My Podcast. And uh, Lou, parting words because I am terrible at coming up with things last minute. Negan needs to get a little bit more interesting. Oh, man. We are going to get emails on that. <laughs>